The first Hudson River Derby of 2018 is almost here. And the SBI show is back just in time to break it all down for you. Hello, everybody. This is the SBI show. I'm Ivis Galarset. And yes, I am back. We are back. I'm sure those of you who listened to the show back in the day uh, are a little surprised. But yes, we brought the show back. I know I've hinted at it for a long time. Uh, that the show would return and uh, before I knew it I kind of blinked and it was a year and a half since the last show and and, and that really kind of opened my, my eyes this past week uh, to let me know that it was time it was time to bring the show back uh, I know a lot of people have been asking for it asking about it wondering if it really was ever going to come back uh, I just needed a break folks apologies for for, for stepping away from it but uh, I just had a lot going on I needed to take a step away but I am back and I am ready to take this show to a new level and you know hopefully we can start with this first episode back and give people what they're looking for in a soccer podcast an american soccer podcast we're not going to try to reinvent the wheel we're going to try to bring the show back to what it was before the long hiatus and uh, we're going to start off with a pretty good episode of uh, we've got three guests today we have jesse marsh new york red bulls head coach to help preview the Hudson River Derby, NYCFC against the Red Bulls at Red Bull Arena on Saturday uh, day game. Uh, so it should be a nice, beautiful day in Harrison for that one. Our second guest is none other than Romaine Gall, uh, the former U.S. under-20 midfielder, former Columbus Crew midfielder. In case you haven't been paying attention, he has been absolutely crushing it in Sweden, uh, playing in the Swedish First Division. He scored five goals in eight matches, and he's someone who... For my money, the U.S. national team should start paying attention to. We have a chance to talk to him and catch up with him. And my third guest uh, is one that those of you who are longtime SBI show listeners will appreciate. I have Garrett Cleverly on uh, to talk about what's up with him, uh, what's new in his life, and uh, see if we can't get him back on the show on a, on a regular basis. Maybe we can get the band back together. Uh, I know that's probably asking a lot, but you know what? Anything's possible. Let's kick things off with MLS. Week 10 MLS action gets underway in Toronto. TFC taking on the Philadelphia Union. Before we get into the Week 10 action, we do have to talk about the blockbuster trade uh, that went down during the week. Uh, New England Revolution sending Lee Wynn to LAFC for a big pile of allocation money. And finally, the Lee Wynn saga in New England is over. Uh, just to catch up anyone who have, has lost track of what was going on or didn't know what was going on, Lee Wynn asked to be traded. He wanted out of New England uh, this offseason. Then there became this whole kind of power struggle. He was benched, uh, and it was kind of unclear what was going to happen with him, but New England uh, found a suitor for him. They didn't want to trade him to an Eastern Conference team, an Eastern Conference rival, so they sent him packing. LAFC, a team that's already pretty stacked in their attack, adds another impressive weapon, and I have to say, give credit, Bob Bradley and John Thorington, the squad that they're building there they're putting together there i mean it's already an exciting and a talented team that they have but they're continuing to add pieces and all of a sudden there's no more talk about is this expansion team uh, have a chance to make the playoffs i think the talk now is can they win a title can they win a championship they just opened their new stadium this past weekend a beautiful beautiful building facility uh for them lauren simon blessed it with a nice opening uh goal for them and an opening victory bank of california stadium uh, just might be the best, most beautiful stadium in the league at this point, just right off the bat. Uh, as far as New England goes, 
They get rid of a player who didn't want to be there. Uh, they had already moved on without him. And Brad Friedel, you have to give Brad Friedel credit for the job that he's done uh, early on taking uh, New England and, and getting them off to a really good start and doing so without Lee Wynn, who's been on the bench uh, since the beginning of the season. Uh, give credit, Diego Fagundes has really stepped in and, and thrived there in the playmaker role uh, formerly held by Lee Wynn. And it became clear that they didn't need Lee Wynn anymore. So they make the trade. Um, you know what? I totally get it for for New England side. LAFC, you want to see how uh, Bob Bradley pieces that squad together. Carlos Vela had been handling the playmaking duties, but obviously he's got the World Cup coming up. And he's also a versatile player who can play on the wings. He can play it as a forward. So it just gives you so many different options uh, bringing in a player like Lee Wynn. So for me, love the trade. Now getting into Week 10 action, we're going to start with the Derby, the Hudson River Derby. New York Red Bulls, NYCFC, and uh, this one is an exciting one. You know, obviously, you know, derbies in general, there's a lot to talk about, a lot to get into, and a lot to look forward to. But right now, these are two of the best teams in MLS. And for for my money, for anybody's money, I think this is the best NYCFC team they've ever had. And meanwhile, this New York Red Bulls team is very, very talented, very balanced. Their defense is better now. They obviously made the big trades, Sasha Kleschen and Felipe, both out. In comes Kaku, in comes some younger midfield options. Uh, and it's 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 going to be a fun one at Red Bull Arena. And we're lucky enough to have as our first guest for this episode, none other than Red Bull's head coach, Jesse Marsh, who uh, is on the road. He's driving back home as we speak. He, uh, he took the opportunity to join us to break it all down and also to talk about his relationship with his counterpart, Patrick Vieira. Uh, that's one of the storylines to watch for. On Saturday, Jesse Marsh, how you doing today? Hey man, all good. What's up? So obviously, uh, want to talk about the Derby. It's uh, it's it's here, the the first matchup of the year, uh, and and a lot of people looking at both teams uh, are, are are thinking that this might be the best matchup that there's ever been in this Derby in terms of just the strength of these teams. Would you agree with that when you look at the at the squads the way they're made up? Um, maybe, uh, but I think the last. Three years, there have been, uh, you know, New York City has really elevated themselves in all the last three seasons, and and we've been pretty consistent. So, I mean, I, I think New York City probably has the best team that they've had yet, um, and I think we have a good team too. We're still establishing ourselves in the season and trying to find ways to get better, but. Yeah, I mean, it has potential to be a really good matchup against two really good teams, that's for sure. I know you've had a chance to look at NYCFC, at least somewhat, uh, in your preparations. Do you see, obviously they've added talent, but in terms of stylistically, have you seen a change in them, or or do you think they still pretty much kind of play the way Patrick Vieira wants them to play? Well, I've seen some changes. Part of it is quality of personnel, so without Jack Harrison, and now when they put Medina in, he's not as much as a pure winger, so he comes inside a little bit more. I think Burgett has different qualities than McNamara. So, you know, he's not as much of an interior midfielder. He kind of mixes it up. Then I think this is the first time that we will play them where they have two quality outside backs, uh, you know, and we've been able to, to do certain things with pressing based on the fact that Jason Hernandez or Ethan White was out at outside back. So I think there's a, they're pretty well balanced throughout their team, and, and they don't really have many weaknesses, which – which will make it a big challenge for us on the day. Uh, and then the other part is, you know, I think that actually, um, and I don't mean this to be self-serving in any way, but they look more like a Red Bull team than, than a possession team than they used to. They counter-press a lot more. They move their back line a lot more. 
They they look to I think be better against the ball than they've in the past. I think they've been much more emphasis on movement and ideas with the ball. So it sets up to be a, a little bit more of a mirror image and, and a very difficult game for us. It's interesting you brought that up because uh, I had a, I was at NYCFC training today and one of the topics brought up to kind of Patrick was kind of the evolution of the team style and obviously his his first season they were very much trying to build from the back and, and, and just really sticking to that. And As you know coaches, a lot of times coaches will come into, into the league with a certain kind of philosophy and a lot of times they're forced to evolve, at least to some degree, just because of the way the league is. You know, is that is that something that you've kind of seen in your time? And, and how have you managed to kind of stick to your philosophy? Or have you also evolved, say, from your time in Montreal? Yeah, I think we've, you know, I've evolved from my time in Montreal. I've evolved in my time, evolved in my time that I've been here. So sort of the, the job of, of good coaches is to figure out ways to get better, figure out ways to help their players and their team to be better. Um you know, and, and the game just changed too. So uh, I think that's always part of the fun, really, is taking, uh, you know, qualities of your team and of your players and thinking about how you can push games more, how you can be better at what you do. You know, um, some of it is is just that, just being better at some of the things you do, but some of, sometimes it's also adding new features to your team tactically to help them uh, really achieve the things that you know they can. So, um, yeah, and I, and I think that Vieira has done a really good job with that. I think his team is really fun to watch this year. I mean, they've always been really interesting to watch, but this year I think, you know, it, it's, it's becoming a little bit more, you know, similar to the things that we really like, and, 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 and I admire his ability to teach his team how to be good with the ball and, and really manage games that way. So, I think we're trying to become a little bit more like them, and maybe they're trying to become a little bit more like us. Uh, now, one of the there's, there's great matchups all over the field in this in this game, but in the middle of the field, as far as the central midfield, obviously we don't know who you're going to start. We have an idea um, when you look at their three with, with Morales and, and uh, Yangel Herrera and Alex Ring, and then you guys have Kaku, Tyler Adams, and and, and maybe Sean Davis or or Velo. What, what do you think about that matchup, and how excited are you to see? you know, this, this kind of revamped midfield of yours going up against the, the midfield of theirs? Yeah, well, if you go back in time, we would match up, you know, we would have like Dax McCarty, Felipe, and Sasha against Lampard, Pirlo, and um, McNamara. So it was a little bit more of kind of older established players that, that had a way and, and, and stuck to it. And now I think it's, it's two teams with younger central midfielders, younger uh, approaches, I think new new qualities, athleticism, and also still some really good football. So uh, I do think that a lot of the matchup of the game will be in the middle of the field and who can find a way to, to at times press well, at times possess well, at times to be physical and pick up second balls um, and help turn those situations into attacking transition and not defensive transition. So, yeah, I think that'll be something that'll be really interesting to keep our eye on. Uh, you know, and, and, and just the, the Tyler Adams versus Yan, Yanhel uh, Herrera is an interesting one in itself. So, uh, yeah, it should be, uh, should be a fun day in, in terms of looking at, at that matchup. Uh, one matchup that people are going to kind of keep an eye on, even though you, you won't be playing against each other, is you yourself against Patrick Vieira. And, and people obviously love to play up, coaching matchups we see it in Europe all the time you got Mourinho and Arsene Wenger and all that 
what do you think about just kind of that matchup? There, there, there's this kind of perception that maybe you guys don't like each other, but at the same time, you both have had such high praise for each other. I mean, t- t- talking today, Vieira called you one of the best coaches in the league. Uh, you've had great things to say about him as well. W- w- what's the deal with that matchup between you two? And is it just a case of two strong personalities? Maybe your pretty your similarities lead to some butting aheads. Well, listen. I mean, we're very different backgrounds, right? Patrick right, right. is comes from the best clubs in the world and has been around some of the best managers and and you know developed himself to be a great manager in his own right and I think has an incredible future in Europe and in big clubs. And, you know, I mean, for me, I'm just, you know, uh, uh, you know, I was a young American who grew up here and tried to figure out a way to, to take myself from being a player to being a good coach. And, and I've been lucky to have great mentors. And, you know, I landed at a great club here at New York Red Bull. And now I've been tasked with trying to figure out a way to make this style of play and this club and, and this philosophy the best that it can be for, for this setting here in our league. Um, you know, it's Frankly, it's a big compliment to, to even be considered a, a coaching matchup with a guy like Patrick Vieira. And, you know, I mean, I, I think that we've tried to, in our way, challenge the things that they're good at every time we play them. And, and that's not necessarily that different than anyone we play against. But, you know, we, we, we know that, that New York City is really good at, at the things that they're good at. And so... You know, on the day, it's usually about our ability to try to put the game on our terms, to try to manage their talented players and see if we can feed into our strengths, uh, you know, more on the day. So it won't be any different this time. It's just that some of the details of what they do and what we do are a little different. And, you know, we'll have to make sure that we still have a really good game plan and, and that we educate our players on how to execute it come game day. One of the things Vieira mentioned today is that you guys don't really know each other. I mean, you guys are cordial. You say hello yeah. to each other, but you guys don't really have like yeah. a friendship. Obviously, you have your, your your coaches that you're close with, like a Jim Curtin. He's developed some relationships. Is the rivalry, does the rivalry kind of keep it from you guys being too cozy, too friendly? Listen, if Patrick Vieira wants to go out and have a nice bottle or glass of French wine, I'm, I'm open to it, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, he's you know, he's got his world, I've got my world. And, you know, I mean, I think that, yeah, we we had some run-ins maybe early because the rivalry is so, I think, emotional and intense. Um, but I think as time's gone on and we've both now been able to process what the rivalry means to us and to our clubs, I think we've been able to focus more on the tactics and, you know, the the, the ability for our players and our team to, to execute on the day than it has been about the emotion of anything between him and I. And then I think in that process, I think we've been able to clearly look at the other team and go, you know what? They're, they're good. They're good at what they do. There's things to learn from what they do. And, and you have to respect the fact that, you know, he knows that we have a way. I know that they have a way. And when you look at coaches and you're trying to like pick up on qualities that you can learn from, that's the first thing I always look for is do they, do they have a style? Do they have a way? How do they execute it? Do they look the same team day in and day out? And for sure, when you look at uh, New York City for the past three years, you can absolutely categorically say that that's the case. So, um, yeah, you know, I mean, again, it's a, it's a rival. It's too complimentary right now because there still should be a lot of emotion. <laughs> right, but right. we're going to be ready on Saturday to give our best. We're going to be ready to go after the game. We're going to be ready to throw a lot at it. And we're going to be ready for them to throw a lot at us. So, 
yeah, it, it'll be fun, but it'll be hard, and it'll be real. One of your key players that I do have to ask you about, Tyler Adams. Obviously, he came into the year with so many expectations uh, coming off the great uh, season he had last season and breaking in with the national team. He's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders, and, and it's easy to forget how young he is. For me, maybe just my own observation, it seemed like maybe at certain points here early on, he hasn't quite maintained his extremely high level um, young players are going to have their ups and downs. I mean, have you have you ha- do you have concerns about coming into the air about those kind of expectations and how they weigh on a young player, or is it just a case of he's so mature for his age that that you feel pretty good about him handling it? Yeah, I I actually think he's been pretty good. Um, you know, there's been a lot of demands on our team early in the year. You know, like you look at what happened to Toronto in the Champions League run, right? Now they went they went through one more stage of it than we did, but you know, one of the things I think we're proud of is how we manage that whole schedule and going after those games in a real way, but not putting our players at risk of injury and not, not putting ourselves behind the eight ball in, in terms of, you know, where we stand in the season. So, you know, overall, the demands at the beginning of this year have been the highest that I think our players have ever had to endure. And so, you know, it means that Tyler's had to deal with a lot, but I think he's handled it really well. And I think he's been one of our best players. So, you know, as much as maybe our, our, our team, I think, is only scratching the surface of how good we can be in this year. And, you know, it's, it's about now sort of developing a development path for, for each player and for the team as, in a whole so that we're firing come September, October, November. And in the process, we're fighting through little things and learning about the season and learning about what this team is so that we're getting better. And I think Tyler's no different. You know, he's, he's being asked to harbor more responsibility. He's been asked to be more of a leader, more of a, a, a tactical uh, uh, leader in our team. And, you know, those are, those are big demands to put on him. But the reason we put so much on him is because he can handle so much. And it's fun to see him learn and adjust on a daily basis and, and grow. So, you know, I think, again, he was a very different player at the end of the year last year than he was at the beginning. And I think this year he's only building on what he did last year. And at the end of the year, I think we're going to see even a more complete player. What's going to be the key to this match in sense of if you, you feel if you guys win this area of the field or if you win this aspect of the game, uh, other than the final score, just so you don't pull a Bruce Arena on me, yeah. what's, what's going to be the key to, to this game? No, I think, it'll be, I think it'll be some of what you talked about, which is that matchup in the middle of the field. Uh, and then, you know, it, it, what this rivalry, what does it usually come down to? Is it Bradley Wright Phillips' day or is it David Villa's day? And, you know, obviously that midfield trio for each team can help feed to uh, the success of that striker on the day. But these two players, in many ways, have defined this series, and I, and I think that that'll come down to it uh, in many ways again. Jesse, thank you so much. I definitely appreciate the time. All right, man. That's Jesse Marsh, New York Red Bulls head coach, and uh, I got to say, it'll be pretty interesting if he and uh, Patrick Vieira uh, do end up uh, having that glass of wine, that bottle of wine. Uh, we did we did ask Patrick Vieira about that possibility earlier in the week at NYCFC training, and uh, you know what, uh, Vieira actually said he's he, you know he's not sure is Jesse Marsh a wine guy, a beer guy. Clearly, Jesse Marsh is up for some wine and hopefully you know they can have a nice glass and they can they can uh you know talk after the match after what will hopefully be an exciting derby match on saturday 155 p.m broadcast on espn uh so if you can't be at red bull arena which will surely be a sold out red bull arena 
Moving on, let's take a look at the rest of the Week 10 slate in Major League Soccer. Uh, starting off, obviously, on Friday night, TFC against the Philadelphia Union. TFC obviously still looking to rebound uh, completely from their CONCACAF Champions League run, uh, which saw them actually fall just short, losing in penalties to Chivas Guadalajara. Uh, and then, obviously, last week they... they squandered a 2-0 lead and settled for a 2-2 draw against Chicago. Now they are back at home taking on a Philadelphia Union team that, that's been in, in, in some rough shape but finally had a big win last week uh, against DC United. So now we're going to see uh, Philly try to go up to BMO Field and and continue Toronto's slide. That's going to be a tough one. Uh, I think TFC bounce, bounces back with a big, big win. Uh, next on Saturday, another early game, Montreal against New England. Uh, New England has been rolling uh, under Brad Friedel. And, uh, you know, you have to like their chances against the Montreal team that's been an absolute mess, especially defensively. Uh, uh, they've just been getting blown out left and right, uh, most recently by Atlanta, uh, in a game where they actually scored first and you kind of had some hope. Oh, it's this impact team going to pull the upset. Nope, they didn't pull the upset. They got blown out. Uh, and you know what? New England might be able to go up there and do that to them the way New England has been playing. So uh, we'll see if that one uh, if that one holds, holds the form or if we see Montreal finally wake up. In... Minnesota, 2 p.m. kickoff, Eastern uh, Minnesota against Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, Minnesota United with the with the interesting mid-season, mid-week trade, uh, trading away Sam Nicholson, the midfielder, but acquiring uh, hometown boy, hometown player, and very, very talented fullback, a versatile defender, Eric Miller. I think that trade, I like that trade a lot if you're Minnesota. We all know about Minnesota's defensive uh, issues, and to add a player like Miller, who definitely gives them some gives them a an upgrade, I think, uh, for them and then the back line. Uh, but they're going up against a Vancouver team that is obviously very tough to deal with. Uh, they're much they're much tougher at home though. So I think this one is this one's a tough one to call. I think this could end up being a draw. Minnesota's you know good enough at home. I, th- I think Minnesota could win, but I'll go with a draw in that one. LAFC at home for their second match at Bank of California Stadium, taking on an FC Dallas team that just recently suffered their first loss. Losing to NYCFC, I was at that one. That was a that was a heck of a game there. FC Dallas, you know they they're they're a pretty good team, even with some of the injuries uh, being without Kellen Acosta, who is working his way back. He was in uniform for their last game. Now he's back for this one. We'll see if he gets on the field. Uh, going up in LA against an LAFC team that obviously probably didn't feel a hundred percent satisfied with their performance in their stadium opener against Seattle. But to get that win, uh, obviously, is a big boost for Bob, Bob Bradley's squad. Uh, you want to see if Lee Wynn plays a part in that game, wh- whether or not he does. LAFC has just so much attacking talent. But FC Dallas, before that loss to NYCFC, had the best defense in the league. So that's going to be a great matchup. That You know what? Other than the Derby, I think that's the matchup to watch, the best matchup of the weekend. Next up, Seattle, Columbus Crew. And there's obviously a lot of, uh, a lot of kind of angry, upset, worried, uh, nervous fans in Seattle over the really bad start to the season that they've had. Uh, now there's questions about, is the team quitting on Brian Schmetzer? Is the team doing enough, doing enough to upgrade the roster? Uh, what is going on, right? I mean, you know, you get to the finals two straight years, you win a title two years ago, and all of a sudden they get off to a slow start, obviously brought on by injuries and brought on by them trying to compete in the knockout rounds of the Champions League. And now people are really freaking out. And you know what? I get it. Seattle, if you're a Seattle fan, you're used to a certain level of success. So right now, what is, you know, a modest hiccup, a modest stretch of, of, of disappointing results is all of a sudden leading to panic mode. 
And uh, you know what? It's not time to panic yet, folks. Seattle's in the Western Conference. It's not exactly a tough, tough place to climb out of a big hole from. Right now, if you look at the standings, Seattle's six points out of a playoff spot with two games in hand on two teams that are currently in playoff spots. So right there, that tells you that they're not that far at all uh, from climbing right back into the picture. And uh, do they need some upgrades? Absolutely. Do they go need to fill that designated player slot soon as soon as possible? And now, obviously, it's not going to be till the summer. But Seattle fans might want to relax a little bit. The sky's not falling. It's just a rough start to the season. And I think they're going to be all right. I think they're going to be all right. But obviously, you play a team like Columbus, play the Columbus crew, you got to win that game. You're at home again. You can't drop many more points if you're Seattle. You need to get on the winning track. We'll see if they could do that against a really tough Columbus team. We also have... In Chicago, Toyota Park, the Chicago Fire taking on Atlanta United, the hottest team in the league right now. They are just on a roll, but this game is in Chicago, and the Fire, they're a feisty team. They're a tough team. Uh, Velko Panovic is really uh, turning to a lot of young players to step in and help fill some voids for them because they, they much like Seattle, uh, need to go make some additions in order to be a real, real serious contender. They didn't make those additions uh, during this primary uh, transfer window, which just recently closed, they didn't go get that playmaker. They didn't go get that center back that they probably should have gotten. Uh, so now they're continue, They're going to continue to have to lean on uh, a, a, a really impressive crop of rookies uh, for their part, uh, led by Mo Adams, who for me has really looked good uh, for them in the middle of the in the central uh, midfield role for them. But Atlanta United, we're talking a whole another animal. Their attack is so dangerous. I think it's going to be tough for Chicago to stop, and it's going to be interesting to see how Bastian Schweinsteiger holds up against the speed of Atlanta's attack. Uh, Schweinsteiger is, is held his own playing as a center back, but you know what? He might get exposed in this one. Uh, also, in Houston, Houston Dynamo, LA Galaxy, Zlatan, the Zlatan show, is on the road. It's head, uh, heading heading out to Texas, and uh, you know, obviously the Houston Dynamo has had their ups and downs. They, they've had their issues. Uh, after that impressive start to the season, uh, smoking Atlanta United, and it's all kind of been a bit of a struggle for them. LA, and, and as far as as far as the Galaxy go, they've uh, had their injury issues to deal with, but they've also had you know they've had just defensive issues, offense. They've had all kinds of issues. Let's be honest. I mean, other than Zlatan's debut and the the win that they were able to get against LAFC, you take that out of the equation, and it's been a pretty abysmal season to be honest for for the Galaxy to start. But they have so much talent there. They have Zlatan there. Zlatan, who, who I think is really getting rounding into, into full match fitness. And as he does that, he's going to be tougher and tougher to deal with. So that's going to be a good one. Uh, I think, you know what? Depending on how hot it is, because uh, I'll tell you what, the heat could just make the galaxy. Uh, the, the Texas heat is a whole other thing. Uh, so we'll see how hot it gets. But you know what? I think the galaxy might be able to pull an upset there. On the road, we got Sporting Kansas City against the Colorado Rapids. Uh, Sporting Kansas City obviously stumbled uh, up in New England last week, but I think they're going to rebound. They're going to come home, take care of business there against uh, the a Rapids team that I am I'm yet to be convinced by. Uh, Anthony Hudson, who apparently is being rumored as a candidate for the Sunderland job in England, and I'm like, I I, I just you know what I just shake my head because I mean the guy has yet to prove himself as a club coach. Uh, I just have so many questions about his resume and about his quali- his real his qualifications as a club coach, even to get the Colorado job. And all of a sudden, he's been with the Rapids for like five, six games. Now he's got his name in, a, in the hat for a Sunderland job. So I don't know what's going on there. I'm not convinced. But we'll see if the Rapids can convince me getting a win in Kansas City. I wouldn't hold my breath. And then you have San Jose, Portland Timbers 
at Avaya Stadium. San Jose, another team that I have not been convinced by who hasn't really gotten off to a great start with their new coach. Uh, but the Timbers the Timbers have started to find a good rhythm under Giovanni Savarisi. Obviously, going on the road is going to be a different kind of challenge for them. But you know what? I like what the Timbers are doing. I like the direction that they're heading in. And I like the Timbers' chances to go down to San Jose and get a win. And then we have one Sunday game. And it's Orlando City, another team. On an absolute roll, they're taking on Real Salt Lake, a team that is struggling uh, to find a rhythm. It's struggling to find results, and Mike Pecky uh, has his work cut out with a, with a young team uh, that is, you know, even with the young team. I mean, a lot. Of, I know a lot of people had high expectations for this RSL side uh, coming into 2018, and they just really haven't gotten it done. So we'll see what they can do going all the way out to Orlando City to take take on an Orlando City team that's been on fire and that's been getting healthier, adding all the pieces that they brought in over the winter, uh, some of which took longer to get into the lineup than others. Now they're pretty much at full strength, and they're, they're, they're a tough team to beat. They're a tough team to beat, and I think uh, th- this one should be a comfortable one for them. And that's the full breakdown, MLS Week 10 preview. Moving on now to our next guest, uh, and this, this one, this guest is for the longtime SBI Show listeners who maybe missed this guest who was a, such a big part of the show in in the for mo, for much of its early run. Yes, we have him back. The reunion is in full effect. Joining us from Arizona, the all grown up and soon to be a dad, Garrett Cleverly. Garrett, how are you doing today? I'm good, Ivis. You know, I may be a dad very soon, but come on, let's be real. I'm, I'm not grown up. You know that. I don't know, man. I, I, I see I, all I see on your Facebook is all these pictures of you in your garden. I mean, I, anyone who used to listen to the old early early episodes of the SBI <laughs> show would be would be blown away at the idea that Garrett has grown up, gotten married, is going to have a kid, and has a full blown garden that he actually like. You're like a professional gardener, practically. No, honestly, man, I don't even know what I'm doing. I just plant stuff <laughs> in the backyard. I water it, and it survives. I mean. But you're maybe right. I mean, I'm doing yard work on the weekends. It's all over, Ivis. Very you know, nice. people listening to this, you know, you think you're invincible in your 20s, and then you meet a girl, and then it's all downhill from there. I tried to tell you, man. I tried to tell I you. Know, you, were, you, 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 were li- you were living it up, man. I was just, but you know what? This is I, it's, I was it's a great it time. You were living. You were. You were. It, it's a great time. It's a great part of the life because you can't do that forever. Because we all we all get older. No. We all burn out. We got to settle down. Uh, I'm definitely old at this point, and I, I can't dude, I can't part, I, I party will, like I used to. I will to. say this: I see kids at the bars, Ivis, and I think to myself, like, man, dude, like it would be fun to like you know be single and go out. But then I think, like, oh my gosh, there's so much work and money and time you got to invest into it. Like, then I realize, you know, okay, maybe it's not that bad. Not that bad being married. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because at the, yeah, because when you when, once you're like me, I mean, I'm four, I'm I'm 43 right now, so like I'm not going to the club. Uh, Hardly at all, and, and 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 if I were to go to the club, I'd probably need a week to recover. So it's good to be married, <laughs> stay home, watch TV with the wife, uh, and and you know what, my my kid is closer to going to the club than I am at this point. My oldest son, yeah, it's crazy, junior. dude. Your kids are getting big, man. Yeah. Oh, trust. Listen, my my oldest is he's in full like football training mode now. So I'm starting to get worried because I'm gonna I'm gonna have to start getting in the gym just so I can remain stronger than him because it, it's not gonna be long now. I give my, I give it another year. Uh, before he's he's stronger than me if I don't do anything. So I need to get on that. And speaking of kids, you you have a baby on the way. It's, what is it, a th- less than three weeks away. That's that's just yeah. amazing. 
It's due at the end of May. It's going to be a boy. We're going to name it Ivis Jr. So there you go. <laughs> nice, nice. No, actually, his his name is Hudson, not to be confused with the Hudson River Derby. You named him Hudson. What's, what's the story behind the Hudson name? I don't know. My wife picked a name out, and I said, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. We always, we always know who was wearing the pants in a relationship. That's why my oldest son is Ivis Jr. So there you go. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, dude, you walk into our house. If you you've never been to my house, but if you walked in, everyone's like, "Oh, the house is so nicely decorated." I'm like, "Yeah." Do you think I had any any hope in any of that? Right, <laughs> right. Well, well, for the for, for those who who are unaware, Garrett's actually working in in the soccer world. Uh, he didn't used to work in the soccer world when we were uh, co-hosting the show before, but now he actually is in, uh, in the soccer world. T- tell tell the listeners uh, where you're working now. So I left the world of plants. It was very tragic, but I was very happy to leave that. So I'm working for the Arizona Soccer Association now. So I'm uh, running all of our videos and graphics and social media, and then I do stuff for um, U.S. soccer at the regional leagues, the Desert Premier League. So, you know, I'm going to be out and about in June and July. I'm going to be in Salt Lake for some President's Cup, maybe in Hawaii for regionals, maybe Dallas for national championships for the U.S. youth. So, Wow. You know, Ivis, I know you won't be at any of the USU stuff, but anyone listening, Hawaii, huh? I will wow. be at all these events. I don't know if you're going to be there. I think once the baby comes, I think you're, it's going to you're going to be on lockdown. I think that's what's going to happen. Are you kidding me? I, think... I have a chance to go away for a couple days. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm taking it, Ivis. <laughs> my wife, yeah, this... my wife's mom can come help out and take care of the baby. Oh, that's always the move. That's always the move. You got to get the in-laws in there to help out. Of course, out. Man. That's, that's a big course, key. Dude. If 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 you're lucky enough to have in-laws, that's definitely the move. But uh, but yeah, no, you know, that's great. It's great to hear. Hey, I feel like so much has happened in the soccer world since we ended the show about two years ago, Ivis. You know, I mean, the U.S. didn't qualify for the for the World Cup. I feel like that's because we didn't do the show anymore. I really that might have feel been like we that, that are responsible it. for it. Well, I was saying, I said it earlier, uh, it, it was crazy to me. Like, you don't realize how long it's been since the show stopped because obviously I, I restarted it even after we, after, you know, you, you got off the show. I, I, I did it myself for a while, but obviously that I just, I just got burnt out between that and, and all the other stuff I was doing. I had to cut back. But I, the other day I listened to the last episode and the last episode uh, was, I, I was talking about Christian Pulisic potentially getting his first start <laughs> for the national team. So that just tells you how, <laughs> how how long ago it was, how much has changed. And I was also amazed at how like how I sounded on that episode because it sounded really like I was whispering and I was and then it took me a second like why why did I sound like that on that episode? And then I remembered it's because I recorded it at four AM in my hotel room in Jacksonville before the US Trinidad qualifier in Jacksonville. And I was like, uh, I can't be yelling in this hotel room. So I gotta like whisper so I had this muted muted voice on that um but yeah but the show's back it's been a year and a half uh and you know what maybe we'll, we'll start having garrett uh on the show here and there he we won't commit to the complete reunion because as i told garrett once you're about to be a dad once you become a dad you, you, you know what you can't really be committing to too many things so we'll see how that works out and then who knows you know we'll, we'll definitely have have garrett back uh have you back if you're up for it Oh, of course, man. I love. I mean, someone has to keep you in check, Ivis. You know, I mean, there's only so many people that can do that. Uh, yeah, you know, it's just it's just because you want to try to boss someone around, since you clearly can't can't boss your wife around. No, but I well, I can boss my kid around though, right? I mean, uh, well, they, I say, hey, I it's a few beer. years. A it's beer. a few years. Go cut the grass, right? Five years. You got to wait at least five. Probably yeah, about five, five years. years. He's, isn't he going to be walking at one? He can get me a beer at one, right? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's laws involved that that, that are there. Don't I don't allow that. I'm looking that. Well, come on. Yeah. Hey, I'm in Arizona, Ivis. There are no laws in this state. That's right. Yeah, and yeah. Speaking of which, are you, what what are you growing in that garden? 
I'm kind of curious. Uh, I'm going artichokes. <laughs> <laughs> you really want to know this? I mean, uh, when I, no, I'm just curious. Mystery, when I talk which, about it, it doesn't sound that exciting. <laughs> what strains of marijuana are you? Let's be honest. We know. You, I mean, it's, is it, I'm pretty sure it's legal there. I don't know. I don't no, it's know. not. It's not in Arizona. Really? That's no, that's the a... only states out here are Colorado, Nevada, and California. Well, New Jersey. Well, is, you uh, got to have like Arizona. It is, but you know, you got to be like sick. You got to be like really sick to to get a card. Uh, there you go. I see clearly you've looked into it, so that's good to know. But uh, but New, New Jersey, New Jersey is apparently going to be there soon in terms of legalizing. And uh, I'm not saying I'm going to start it. I'm not going to start. I'm not saying I'm going to start a garden, but you know, you never know. But uh, but yeah, man. But it's it's uh, it's great to have you back on, man. We, we definitely need to get you on more. And uh, you know, when, once you're, you're able to brush up on your soccer outside of Arizona, we can get you on so we can have a, have some more healthy debates like we used to have. I, we need to. Uh, okay, so the other day, I'll tell you this. I was watching uh, our, our technical director here, Carlos Juarez, was showing me this video, and he was showing his coaches going through the A license, and then Davey Arnault was going through it. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, where have I been? Like, he retired, and he's now a coach? Like, I, I feel like so much has changed, Davis, since we did the show. Oh, like, I, oh, I see all these it, people, I'm like, I'm like how did, when did they retire? <laughs> it's seeing people who are coaches now, it, it's it's right. kind of depressing, to be honest with you. I mean, like, someone like Danny Cruz, right? Like, I, I love Danny Cruz. Oh, I know, We right? go way back. He is way too young, but you know what? It's at that point. Him, Austin Berry, he's another one who's who's gone into coaching now. Uh, but you know what? That's how it goes, man. Time just goes by, and uh, you know, you, you, before you know it, people who you, who you knew as kids are, are like all, you know, all older and grown up, like yourself, like yourself. If you know you were the the, me, the, 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 the young Cruz party animal. Actually, my I think he's my age. I think he's about like twenty nine, thirty, thirty one. I think so. I think, I think so. I think, I think so. so. But you're right. I mean, well, especially you know. With all, I mean, that's the other thing too. It's like I realized this when I watched the draft, right? MLS, NFL, like all the drafts. There was a time when, like, you know, I looked up because these guys were older than me. I look at these and I'm like, crap, that kid's 20 years old. Like, what the hell am I doing with my life right now? That's when you know you're – listen, you know you're old, and I can speak because I'm older than you. I'm I'm 43. You know you're old when more and more people just start looking like babies to you. Like, not like – They do look like babies. Like, I I don't know how often I'll I'll be somewhere, I'll be driving somewhere, and I'll see, like, cops. And I'm look. I see cops, and I'm looking at them like, dude, you look twelve. Like, how are you a cop? And it's because I'm old. I'm an old man. Like that, you know. It's a. Uh, you are old. Good. You know why I know why you're old? You couldn't hang at the convention in Philadelphia in uh, January. Uh, oh hey, yeah. Well, you I'm calling, know, I'm calling you out. I am calling okay. you out. All right. See, for the record, that I I actually did hang that night. But the place that she that so for folks who who wonder what we're even talking about. So Garrett and I met up at the at the coaches' convention in Philly. I was there for the draft. Uh, so I, I met was, up I with was Garrett. There. I was there to uh, have a good time. <laughs> we, we we were at we, it was a bar. It was a just complete bro fest. It was just too much. It, it was just it just wasn't my. Oh, is that the uh, that was the oh I know which party that was. It was a soccer.com yeah. party. Yeah, yeah that so, was, it, was, it was a bro fest. It was a bro fest, and I was like, you know what? I am not feeling this. Let me head back. I should head back. So I started to head back. I was going to head back. Call it an early night. But I actually uh, connected with Marcus Tracy, my my guy Marcus Tracy. Uh, who was actually at a salsa club slash salsa lessons place. And I, I ended up going there, and it wasn't too far from where you were. I ended up going there and having a great time with, Mar- with Marcus. So uh, shouts, shout-outs to Marcus Tracy. But, uh, but I, so, yeah, so I actually did hang that night, just for the record. One of the rare nights. I, I probably needed a nap the next day, but I, I did hang. I did hang. I, I got to tell you, man, I was exhausted at the end of that trip. I mean, I, I crushed Philadelphia that weekend. I, I had a killer time. Very nice, yeah, man. It's in Chicago. Uh, well, it's in Chicago. This next, this next one. Oh well, Chicago. Chicago's a good time too. Although yeah, I've never Chicago been to Chicago. In, I'm, I'm Chicago in January. I don't know, man. You got to wear like full like 
parking know, in right? a massive suit to like not freeze to death in Chicago in January. But... Well, I felt like that in Philly. I mean, oh my god, it was so freaking cold there. Yeah, well, for the you, every thing, <laughs> for you, any you're in Arizona. True. Anything, anything oh like colder god. than sixty is you're. you're, you're you know, how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be one oh six this weekend. I'm supposed to be at the field <laughs> one oh six for our state cup. I mean, what uh, the heck? You're, yeah, you're but you know, I kept warm in Philly. I had six Philly cheesesteaks in four days. That's how I kept warm. I was very nice. Well, you look pretty slim still. You haven't gone full. You haven't gone full dad like beer gut. Hell yet, no, but we'll I'm, dude. It. I'm hitting the dude. I'm hitting the gym so hard because I look at. I'm having a son coming. I mean, he, I got to be able to put him into mission for as long as I could. Can't right? <laughs> I, mean, I got to be in shape. I can't let that, that kid key. beat me in anything. That is key. That is trust me. That yeah. is key. And I, and, my, and 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 as someone who has a son who's five eleven, one eighty five right now, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I, I, I'm he's getting there. But I still, I still, every now and then, I'll just tackle him. I'll just wrestle him to the ground just to let him know. Just to let him know. Yeah, you while, have to. while I still can that that who's the boss. But uh Yeah, you but have yeah, to man. you have to. Well cool man, it's good to have you on and uh, we'll we'll definitely have you back on uh after the baby's born and after things the, the everything's calmed down. Uh and who knows, maybe we'll get the old format uh, back back once everything's all set. I mean I I'd love it, Ivis. Just in time for the uh to root on El Tree at the World Cup, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's America's team. That's America. Like is, your is dad, Alexi Lalas. Like your wait, your father, Alexi Lalas. Uh, he's already. Oh said my That's, god! Uh, I, yeah, I told you I ran into him at the convention. <laughs> I know. It, well, it's funny for all the times we talked about that. You, I feel like you and him have, have ran run into each other like twenty times since then. I know so, it's pretty it funny. Pretty funny. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, great, man. Is. Well, thanks for thanks for taking time, and uh, we'll be talking soon. And definitely, good luck with the baby. Congratulations, and uh, I can't wait to see the pictures. And uh, it's amazing, man. Congratulations. Thanks, Ivis. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on, all right? That's Garrett Cleverly joining us from Arizona. And for those of you who have no idea who Garrett Cleverly is, I guess you, you probably figured it out by now. He was my co-host on the SBI show, and it was actually thanks to Garrett that we that that the SBI show was born. Uh, he, he approached me about the idea of, 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 of doing a podcast. I had always wanted to do a show, a podcast, but, you know, who had the time to produce it? He was able to produce it. And then he was turned out to be a great co-host. And, uh, you know, we had a, a great time, great run. And uh, you know what? Maybe we'll get it. We'll get the group together again. We'll get the tag team uh, back again. Um, but you know what? He's got some some more important things to worry about, like his first child. And uh, and it, it's just great to see uh, see him all grown up. But uh, yeah, moving on now uh, to the last segment of the show, we're going to get into Americans Abroad a bit. And obviously, the whole Americans Abroad kind of landscape is a little bit interesting because, you know, you don't have as many American players who are, who are playing prominently in England in the Premier League where we got so used to seeing Americans, uh, more Americans than we see now. I mean, obviously, you have Jeff Cameron there. Um, but you know now the league is the Bundesliga, where you have Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney. You obviously have the German Americans, uh, and now you have younger options going there as well, uh, who who should get their opportunities soon enough. A player like Josh Sargent. Uh, so now, but even though there are fewer Americans in those top top leagues, there are more and more Americans going over to Europe than ever before. And you have a lot of younger Americans who, who are who are getting their opportunities and who are working their way up the ladder there. And you have Americans who are jumping over to find opportunities. And our next guest is one such player, uh, a player who who was in MLS, didn't quite work out for him. And so he made the jump over to Europe to look for an opportunity. And he took a chance. He took a chance that, you know what, d- had its share of risk. Uh, and he had a share of doubts, but you know what? He, he he jumped in with both feet, took an opportunity 
that some might have seen as a long shot, and it's worked out for them beautifully. And 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 that guest is Romain Gall, uh, who's in Sweden now, playing for Sundsvall in the Swedish first division. Uh, after having made the move from the U.S. over to the Swedish third division, uh, after being let go by the Columbus Crew, uh, they parted ways after two seasons there. But now he's in Sweden in the first division tearing it up scoring goals uh like crazy he's got five goals in his last eight matches he scored two, he scored a double just this past weekend uh in in sweden and, he, and he's tearing it up and i'll tell you what at the rate he's going the u.s national team might want to start paying attention so joining us from sweden romain gall welcome to the sbi show how are you doing today good how are you thank you uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, definitely appreciate you taking the time. Uh, you you are uh, doing your thing over there in Sweden. Uh, it seems like you're scoring for fun. It seems, and you also seems like you're having a lot of fun. I, I saw the video, the videos of your recent, most recent goals, and and just the look on your face. It's like uh, it's like you're in heaven these days. I mean, is this the best form you've been in in your in your career? Um, I definitely feel good right now. You know, everything is is going well for me. Um, all the hard work that I've been putting in is is paying off. So. Uh, just enjoy my time, and I just want to continue on this form. So definitely, definitely a good form in my career, and uh, I just want to keep going. Most American fans, they, they they first got to know you when you were with the U.S. under twenties. You're with U18s, and and then you signed with the Columbus Crew. Obviously, with uh, the time in Columbus th- didn't quite work out, and and then you had to make that decision to go to Sweden. Uh, how did that come about? I mean, to, to, to you know, uh, leave Columbus and then, uh, you know, try the, try your hand at the third division in Sweden. Uh, how did that move come about? Um, it, it was just, obviously, I wasn't getting much playing time uh, at Columbus. So I needed to make a move to where I could get back into form and get back into playing. So, you know, I discussed with my agent and, and with my family. And at the time, this was kind of the only option that I had to take, that I could take. So um, I kind of put my head down and I was like, I need to, to get playing time and consi- consistent playing time. And, and this was the, the best move at the time. So that was the motive behind that, get back into playing and then and then move up from there. Did it take some convincing? I mean, is it was it your agent that found this opportunity? And did it take some convincing for you to kind of say, okay, it doesn't matter that, you know, what level it is. I, I just need to get some games and get get moving forward again. Definitely took some convincing because, uh, like you said, you know, coming from Columbus Crew, MLS club, and also the national team, um, and then going down to third division was was a, a tough, you know, decision. But you know, after thinking about it, and after just, you know, speaking with with my agent and and my family, it, it was the option to take. But definitely, definitely tough decision at first. Right, and, and obviously you did well there. And then you have a uh, Sundsvall, the uh, Swedish first division team, sign you. I mean, were you were you surprised how quickly that'll happen, or did you feel pretty good that you had played well enough uh, with the first club to, to to kind of make that jump? No, I felt pretty confident that um, that I had done well enough to to move up. You know, when I went to Sweden, this was part of the plan. So I just knew that if I kept my my focus and and kept playing well, that this opportunity would come. So when it did come, I wasn't surprised. I was more like, you know, this is all part of the plan and everything is going as it should be. So just motivate to even keep working. As far as this, the move to Sunsfall, uh, how, how did how much did you know about the club at the time? And, and I mean, did you did you have a pretty good sense from the manager when you signed that, that he had a, that he had kind of a, a big <laughs> role for you? Um, when 
I didn't know too much about the club before um, before signing, but um, I had a conversation with the coach over the phone, and um, you know what he told me sounded sounded good for me, and it sounded like the right step to take to, to keep progressing. So when I was able to go over there and, and check out the club and everything, I just I enjoyed it, and I loved the way they played and and how he made me feel and the opportunities I could have playing here. So honestly, made my decision pretty easy. Now there have been there have been Americans, uh, several Americans who who have gone over to Sweden uh, and played and, and moved on from there as that part of their career. But American fans don't get to see much of the Swedish league. Uh, for someone who hasn't seen the Swedish league, how would you kind of describe it? What what kind of style is is it in Sweden? Um, it's a very tactical league, I would say. You know, we focus a lot on the, the tactical aspects of the game. Um, I say you can compare it to the MLS. Obviously, there's some stronger teams and weaker teams than others, but you know it's all around a good league with um, you know with good competition and and good young talent as well. And and I think it's a league that's also growing. So. Right, right. And and you personally, you're obviously off to to a great start. Now, is it five? So five goals. You got five goals so far. Is that is that the right total? Is that in all competitions? I have. Uh, yeah, all competitions, five goals, yeah. Nice, nice. And, uh, and are you playing mostly on the left wing, or is he moving you around a bit in midfield? Um, no. For the beginning of the season, I played left wing ever since we started with the system of four one four one. so I'm out on the left. But I've also, in preseason and a little bit last year, I've also played on the right um, as more of a, of a role inside, though, not as wide. And um, so kind of, you know, Anywhere inside and, and out wide, I've been playing. Now, obviously, any time a player uh, goes on a run like like you've gone on, uh, people start thinking about the national team and talking about the national team and the potential for for being part of that. Now, obviously, you were you you were previously part of the U twenty setup, so you, you're familiar with that setup. How much have you thought about that? Is that something kind of this has all happened so fast that you haven't really thought spent time thinking about that? And uh, I mean, how much of that is on your mind, getting wanting to get in there? I mean, of course, it's always in the back of my mind to, um, you know, represent my country and get back with the national team. Um, so it's something that I work for, of course. But right now I'm just focused on, on my club and, and doing the best that I can over here. And then I know that the rest will follow. Right, right. Now, has anyone reached out to you yet uh, as far as from the national team? Or is there been any conversations? No, to me directly, I have not been reached out to. Right, Okay. And, and as far as moving over to Sweden, I know not every not every player makes that transition uh, a smooth transition going over to Europe. Now you're an older player, not like it's not like you're you know 17. So you you know you're 23 now. When you made the move, was it a, was there anything tough about the move? I, I know you, when you were you, know, you you were born and raised in France early in your life, but did that make it easier? Or was there anything tough about that transition? Kind of making you know after living in the U.S. so long, going over to Europe. It was definitely a tough, a tough transition. Um, I was going into a city that had maybe 50,000 people and, you know, obviously I didn't speak the language at first and, um, you know, it was a tough transition, you know, and, and going down that, that many levels as far as the vision. So it was something that I really had to just put my head down and grind for. But, uh, yeah, the beginnings were, were a bit tough on the mental aspect, but, you know, I got through it. Uh, I'm pretty good at it. At focusing on on what I want, so 
that that kind of kept me focused. Now, was that a pretty small town? The uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm not pronouncing it right, but is it Nikopings? The 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 club uh, was that a pretty small town where where they were? Yeah, they pronounce it uh, New Shepping, but yeah, it's a very very small town. I think maybe fifty thousand total, so um, not much to do in the town, and you know, quite small. Going back now to to as far as your time in the U.S. Uh, with Columbus, you know, obviously they're a team that. Uh, they've been one of the better teams, definitely one of the more attractive teams to watch uh, for the last few years under Greg Berhalter. Um, you, you obviously had a tough time breaking in there. Obviously, people looking at it will say it was a bad, assume it was a bad experience. When, what did you take away just from your time in that whole experience of, of trying to break through there? No, I wouldn't say bad experience at all. Uh, I actually enjoyed my time in Columbus. Um, I was honored to be, um, you know, coached by Greg Berhalter, who I think is a wonderful coach. I think um, he's very smart and he's helped me a lot. You know, he helped me develop my game when I was there. And, um, you know, some things just don't work out, but I had, I had a good time. My first, my first year that I came in Columbus, which I came towards the end of the season was, um, you know, was, was good for me. I, I made my debut, my professional debut there. So I, I have a bunch of wonderful memories and, um, you know, unfortunately it just didn't work out, but I have, you know, I enjoyed my time there still. Right, and how and how much did your your time in Austin? Uh, I mean, you got you got some run there. I mean, did that experience was that a good experience for you? That was a great experience as well. Um, I was able to play consistently and uh, you know find my happiness playing again because ultimately, that's as players, that's what we we love. We love to play. So I got myself back on the field and um, we were playing and. You know, it was just a good feeling. I had a wonderful time there. The guys were amazing. The team was amazing. Um, I loved the city, so I, I had a good time there as well. Right, Austin's definitely definitely a great city. And now, and now, I mean, is it? Do you find it kind of interesting now the rumors about the fact that Columbus might move to Austin? I mean, what did that kind of? How, how much did that? How much did that surprise you when you heard that? That was a complete shock. I, I didn't even know that that was even possible for them to completely relocate a team like that. Um, so definitely a huge shock. And, you know, I was, um, I was sad for the people in Columbus because, I mean, there's so many amazing fans there. And um, for them to lose a team like that, if, if it does happen, which I hope it doesn't, would be kind of tragic. So definitely shocked by that news. Right, right. It's definitely uh it's not a done deal yet. Definitely by far from that. Uh it's a tough one though cuz Austin's such a great city and it would be great to have Austin in MLS, but but you don't really want to rip away a team from a city that is has supported MLS from the beginning. Um I mean, I personally love Austin. Uh best bar- best barbecue in the world. I, I don't I don't know how much you, how much time you spend having the barbecue there, but uh uh I think you oh, know, yeah, I know they, they definitely had definitely had good food there when I was there. Right, right, and and I know the Aztecs have been they've had the Aztecs through the years back there, so it's a good soccer city. But so is Columbus, and you know, hopefully, hopefully both team both cities can get an MLS team. I don't know if that that's even possible, but as far as you go, just now in your game, um, you're 23. How how do you feel like you've changed as a player? I mean, people who saw you with the 20s will remember you a certain way. I mean, are you pretty much the same player, or you feel like you? I mean, obviously you've gotten better, but how would you say you've you've kind of changed as a player? Yeah, I've definitely grown. Um, I've opened up a lot of aspects of my game. I've developed a lot of aspects. Um, 
you know, through just experience, whether it's playing um, when I was in Columbus, whether it's when I came to Sweden, um, you know, just playing and playing and playing. You have different experiences and you're able to learn and grow as a player. You understand yourself more and you understand more your qualities and, and all that good stuff. So, you know, I definitely feel like I've developed in, in a lot of aspects and I've matured in my game. Right now, obviously, with the U.S. national team missing out on the World Cup, it was devastating for for everyone in American soccer. But now we're kind of in that that after aftermath phase where the U.S. is going to a transition to a newer, a younger group, some younger players, and and you're and you're in that kind of age group. I mean, how, how excited are you about the possibilities? Because there's so much talent coming up. I mean, when you think when you look at the players in in that 18 to 23 range, I mean, there's some serious, some serious ballers there. I mean, how, how excited are you about that? And how, how, how hungry are you to kind of be a part of that? Well, of course, uh, I'm excited to, to get my chance, you know, just want to keep doing what, what I'm, what I've been doing and, and hopefully my chance will come, but i um, very excited for, for all the, the new young players that are coming up and, I feel like we can form a, a strong young team and a strong team going forward. So, of course, I'm going to keep working to, to be a part of that, and you know, hopefully, it'll happen in the future. Who, who's impressed you the most from your kind of your class, like your U20 class? Because I mean, there, there's a lot of players from, from from that group that have that have definitely broken out in recent years. Is, I mean, I'm sure a lot of those guys are, are, are your boys, but is there anyone that you look at and you say, man, that, that he is he has come so far yeah, since the 20s? Um, yeah, I have players that when I played with them in the 20s, I knew automatically that they were quality players, you know, like um, Kellen Acosta has always impressed me when, when I was at camp with him, Emerson Hyman, Shaq Moore, Cam. Carter Vickers, um, those are to name a few. Because to be honest, um, the age group that I was that I was with had had every single player was was quality. So we had a really really strong group and a and a good group. So most of them are honestly doing their, their thing and, and, and shining. So it's just good to see everyone kind of doing well, you know. Right, right. Now, now, just checking out your Twitter, uh, and it's for those who are listening who who don't who haven't followed it. It's his full name, Romain Gall, at Twitter. He doesn't have any any of those kind of suspect names. Uh, so I saw I saw a message on there. Uh, I guess a friend of yours said that uh, you, you you told him, "No man has power over your destiny." And I'm sure for you, uh, going through that process of of, ha- of having to leave Columbus, having to find a different route. Um, I mean, how? It, just how much did it just how much was belief a part of the of of just surviving that whole thing and i mean was there ever kind of a rock bottom or, or did you have, or was it you know or were you pretty confident even when when things looked kind of did, like the darkest no i mean things things definitely got tough um what i told my friend there was something that helped me get through a lot of things you know helped me um, see the light when i was in the dark so um, you know, not a lot of people see how much you can struggle and how much you, you have to deal with certain things. So I know that when I told him that no man has power over your destiny, it's just regardless of what's going on, if things seem to be going bad, you know, your destiny is your destiny and things will happen the way the way it's supposed to happen. No, no one around has the power to change that. So, you know, obviously that's something that helped me go through my tough times because it was tough. There was a lot of moments where it was tough. 
And um, so I just wanted to, you know, kind of give that to him because um, of the situation that he's in right now. Right, right. Well, great. Uh, definitely appreciate the time, and uh, it, it's it's been it's been amazing seeing just kind of your your gro- growth and your rise, and definitely d- being able to kind of pick up the pieces. Because uh, I'm sure when you left Columbus, uh, I mean, it, it, you made the move to Sweden about a month later, so there was that kind of limbo, and and and, and maybe for some people, and I know a lot of people were fans of your game because you're a very technical player. Um, there were some questions about what would happen. Um, but you sound pretty confident that even then you you felt if you just got the right opportunity, you would be able to, to kind of show what you could do. Yeah, of course. Um, <clears throat> I'm very confident that I will get my time. And um, once I get my time, I'm just going to make the most of it. But I just know that I'm, I've always been a hard worker. I've always put a lot of hours into this. Um, I put too many hours for it not to work. So, I just know that when my time will come, I will be able to show everyone what you know what they've been missing. Right, right. And how's your Swedish? Have you learned much? Uh, a couple of phrases here and there, but I'm not. I'm not fluent. <laughs> still need to work on that. <laughs> right, right. So you still got French though, or no? Yeah, of course, French is, French <laughs> is the family language. Right, right. French and French and English, and then then we'll see we'll see if you can pick up Swedish, but. Uh, I tell you what, your 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 goals Spanish are doing English the talk and a little Spanish. Oh, nice. Okay, there you go. Yeah, Spanish always comes yeah. in handy, so that's that's a good one. That's me. I I, I speak both fluently, so uh, it definitely helps that to have the two languages. But uh, I tell you what, the folks in Sweden they definitely can understand the goals. So that that keep that going, and uh, I'm I'm sure they'll uh, I'm sure they'll appreciate that. But definitely, once again, thanks for the time, Romain, and good luck going forward. And uh, hopefully, I'll see you in the national team camp in the near future. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. That's Romain Gall, left winger for GIF Sundsvall in the Swedish First Division. And uh, he's a player. That's tell you what, if you're Dave Sarakin, you might want to take a look at. Uh, I don't know if we have that many, that we have so many uh, talented, skilled, left-footed players, left-footed attacking players uh, that you're going to just be able to bypass or pass over a player like Romain who's tearing it up the way he's tearing it up, but we'll see. You have those friendlies in June, those U.S. national team friendlies against Ireland and France. would be a good opportunity to take a look at Gall, uh, who at 23 years old, he's, he's still definitely in that in that age group to be a factor in the next World Cup qualifying cycle. And as we wrap up the show, what else is there to talk about? I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, there, There's so much to get into if you, if you try to talk about everything that's happened. This is just the first episode back. Uh, I will try to make a point as we settle into things to try to go back and discuss some of the things that have been missed. Obviously, in the last year and a half, so much went on. The U.S. national team missing the World Cup was obviously the huge storyline there. Uh, such a devastating development. But you know what? We've moved on, and it's on to the next. It's on to the next generation, on to that next World Cup qualifying cycle. You still have the World Cup this summer to watch, uh, and everyone's going to have to figure out who they're going to root for. Uh, I think most people have figured out by now who I'll be rooting for. I'll be rooting for Peru, and I'll just be rooting for some good matches. And uh, you know what? I also wouldn't mind if Lionel Messi could win his uh, World Cup so he could get people off his back uh, who, who try to say that he's not hes not a big-time player. But it is what it is. He's still, for me, one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest player of all time. I know it's debatable. But uh, that's it in terms of American soccer. Uh, not much else. In terms of international soccer, you have the classical 
Uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona. Obviously, Barcelona already won the league. Real Madrid has the Champions League to focus on. So it, it doesn't have quite its luster as it usually does. But let's face it, it's the Clásico. Anytime Madrid plays Barcelona, it's a great one that you don't want to miss. Um, but in terms of American soccer, you have your own derby to watch. If you're interested, New York Red Bulls, NYCFC, in what I think is going to be an absolutely amazing game. Um, so that's all. I, I definitely want to thank our guests that we had today, Romain Gall, Jesse Marsh, and of course, my boy, Garrett Cleverly, who hopefully will be back on the show uh, on a regular basis. Uh, because you know what? I miss the guy. And you know what? We make a really good team, and, and we're probably going to be back together before you know it. First things first, though. He's got to deal with with fatherhood, which and I, it's crazy to even think Garrett Cleverly is going to be a dad. But you know what? We all grow up sometime. Uh, but that's it. That's it for me. Thanks for listening, and I will try to make it. it. It will be at least once a week going forward as we settle into a groove. We'll look to expand that to a couple times a week. But definitely thank you for listening. Check it out. And I know it's a little confusing because now there's an SBI Soccer podcast, which my guys at SBI Soccer run. And then you have me on the SBI show. We'll try to keep them separate. But you have both. Give the give the SBI Soccer podcast a listen as well. But as as always, make sure you listen to the SBI show. I'm going to try to get uh, guests on a regular basis and uh, try to keep things interesting and try to keep the conversation going. Uh, but once again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for coming back. And hopefully we can get those people who who aren't quite ready to come back. Hopefully get them to come back because you know what? I'm sure a lot of people think, is it going to be around for good this time? Listen, folks, I'm committed. We're going to have it back. We're going to be a part of this thing. And the show will be here. So definitely tune in. That's all for now. I'm Ivan Scalarset. This is the SBI Show. <laughs>